suicide. And this man in Acts chapter 8 and verse 36, after coming to know Jesus as his Savior, said this, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Now, I might have expected this man to say, Oh, do I have to get baptized? Do I got to do that? Do I got to get in the water and get my hair wet and change clothes? And do I have to do that? That's not at all what he said. The first question on the mind of this brand new Christian was this. Can I do it now? Can I obey Jesus right now? I want to do everything he would have me to do. He, he asked the question, what doth hinder me? The word hinder means to forbid or prevent. And this man asked this question. He said, what would prevent me from doing what God asked me to do? What would prevent me? Now, clearly, the context here was baptism, and we're obviously going to make application to this matter of baptism. But maybe you're here today, and you've been saved, and you've been baptized, and, and yet you're thinking in your life, as, as you consider what God has in front of you, what would prevent me? What would hinder me? You see, all of us have a next step to take for God. None of us do arrive in this life. And, and so I'll just ask this question today to you. What would prevent you from taking that next step in front of you that God has for you? Think of that. See, the man in this text really wasn't a lot different than, than us. We do see he had a great attitude. He had, a, he had the right heart. He could have, if he'd so chosen, allowed some things to prevent him. But he said, nope, I'm just going to take that next step. I'm going to do it. So what are some things that would prevent any of us from moving forward? The first thought I want us to consider today is the fact that pride oftentimes proves to be a hindrance in our lives. We see the hindrance of pride. Now, this man specifically in Acts 8, when he was baptized, we know that he was a man that lived in Ethiopia. I shared that. And, and yet we find that he was a man that really had great authority, great power, great connections, great wealth. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 30, or 27, rather, the Bible tells us that this man had great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure. Uh, maybe in, in our vernacular, we would say he was chairman of the Federal Reserve. This was a man that was large and in charge. He had a lot of people who would jump when he said to jump, and, and he was powerful. And, and yet, this was a man that had humility in his heart. What did he say through his baptism? He said this, I have decided to follow Jesus. He said, I want to follow Jesus. That man was a leader, but he said, I want to follow Jesus. I have found that many times in my life, and maybe you can relate, Many times in my life, when God puts it in my heart to do something, my pride wants to do just the opposite. Here, here's a for instance. Sometimes I'll be in a situation and someone will be just irritating the fire out of me. Have any of you ever been irritated before? Good, good, very good. I'm in good company. And uh, sometime I'll be in a situation like that. And, you know, God will just tell me, Steve, just be quiet. Be still. Everything doesn't require a comment. You don't have to shoot back, fire back at everybody. And, and God will say, be quiet. But my pride says, speak up. Put that person in their place. Give them your two cents worth. And, and many times, whatever God's giving me to do, I find that my pride wants to do the opposite. Sometimes God says, Steve, speak up. This is not a time to be silent. This is not a time to just let this go. You need to make very, very sure that you're standing up for truth. And yet, sometimes when God says, speak up, I find that I shut up. I get very quiet. I get I get withdrawn. And and uh, I find that many times in my heart, I find my pride wants to do the opposite of what God wants me to do. You see, there's a part of all of us that runs from the leadership of God. And friends, listen, here's what I'm telling you today. Don't let that part in you that wants to run from God call the shots in your life. Or you'll never go anywhere for God. 
Never let that part in you call the shots. I want you to listen to what Peter taught us. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 5, the Bible says this, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. You see, when we let pride call the shots in our lives, basically what we're telling God is, God, I don't need your grace. And how many of you like me today would acknowledge we need God's grace? The Bible tells us we're saved by grace, and the Christian life is a life that is to be lived by grace. And when we act in pride, what we're really saying is, God, I don't need you. I don't need your help. I don't need your influence. I, I don't need you in my life. When we let pride call the shots, basically we're coming to this place in life where we are turning off the spout where the grace comes out. We're telling God, I'm going to go it on my own from here. Pride is, is oftentimes a hindrance in our lives. And this reality applies to every area of our life. But in this man's life, the issue is baptism. And I think we would have understood if a guy as powerful as this man would have thought, you know, I'm a little better than everyone else. I'm just a, I'm a cut above everybody else. We may have understood had he thought that way due to his position. But this man who had great authority, great responsibility, he said this, I want to follow Jesus. And I don't want the pride in my life to hold me back. We see the hindrance of pride. But I want us today to think also of the hindrance of our past. Everything this man was learning really went contrary to what he had known. And this time really proved to be a test of his faith. And it's a proof for us that our past need not hinder our future. The response of this man in this text should tell all of us, whatever happened yesterday, good, bad, or indifferent, it really doesn't have to have a bearing on what it is that happens tomorrow in my life. Think of that. I love the thought that this man was ready to move ahead when he was confronted with truth. I think sometimes we think, now this is kind of a, a tongue twister. It can tie your brain in a knot maybe, but I want you to listen to what, what I want to say here in this, in this thought. I think that we, I think that we sometimes think that if we make any changes today that will affect tomorrow, that somehow we've disrespected yesterday. I think sometimes we're confronted with truth and we come to the moment of decision and I think one of these thoughts that enters our mind is, you know, if I deviate in any way from what it is I've done in the past, it's going to affect the future and somehow that will be disrespectful to all the influences in the past. And, and friends, I want you to know, we find in this man uh, a person that said, I want to do what God wants me to do. And I'm thankful for all the influences I've had, and he would have had many. But he said, at the end of the day, I want to make sure that my past does not prove to be a hindrance. I want to move forward and follow God. You see, friends, God has a way of using all that we've picked up along the way. I've noticed that. Sometimes if we change, we think, well, I don't want to disrespect maybe my family who did it that way, or my last church who did it that way, or my grandmother who said it this way. And, and friends, listen, I'm thankful for my grandmother, and I'm thankful for where I went to church growing up, and I'm thankful for my family. But I have found many times what happens is God can use all these experiences in our life to bring us into a moment where we're confronted with more truth, and we then can have an opportunity to move ahead. You see this man before us, he had the right attitude. He could have said, well, you know, I have my own way of doing things. I just march to the beat of my own drum. I do it the way I want to do it. But that's not what he said. What he said was, I want to do what God wants me to do, when God wants me to do it, and how God wants it to be done. Again, these principles apply to every area of life, but the specific issue is baptism. And this man did not allow his experience with religion in the past to rob him from the joy of obeying in the present. You see, he wasn't disrespecting his origin. He was embracing his God, embracing his God. I want you to think on that. 
I want you to know today that if baptism were a gray area, I would not have invested two weeks out of the 52 we get together this year to talk about it. It's crystal clear. I want you to know that without any reservation today, I can tell you that I know exactly in this sense what God wants for your life. What God wants for your life is that you'd come to know him through faith. If you don't, because the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 3, 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I can tell you with an absolute certainty, no gray area whatsoever, that God loves you, that God cares for you, and that when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, you were as much on his mind as any of the rest of us. God wants you to be saved. And I can say with just as much certainty that if you're here today and you're a believer and since the time you've placed your faith in Christ you have not followed him in believers baptism I can say for an absolute certainty that God's will for your life is that you would follow him in believers baptism this is not a gray area this is not some theological thing that we can get together and well you have your idea or I have my idea this is something where we can come to the word of God and look at the truth of scripture and understand this is something God wants every person of faith to do I think of the men I saw in Acts chapter 19 These were men that knew John the Baptist personally. That looks pretty good on your spiritual resume. In fact, these were men that heard John preach. They responded to the baptism of John. These were men who'd already been baptized in their life. But after their experience with John the Baptist, they heard the gospel. And they came to know Jesus Christ. And they came to understand they had to be baptized again. They could have said, well, you don't understand what's in my past. I was baptized by John the Baptist. Who baptized you? That wasn't their heart at all. They said, I was glad to associate with John the Baptist, but now that I've come to know Jesus Christ, I want to follow him. And the Bible of these men tells us in Acts 19 and verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Here was their heart. God, if that's what you want me to do, it's happening today. You see, that's the life that moves forward. It's the life that learns, that grows, that obeys. The final hindrance today that I want us to consider is the hindrance of process. The hindrance of process. Now, by process, I'm speaking of the order of baptism. And here's what I mean. The New Testament really emphasizes the reality that believer's baptism follows faith. It would be something other than believer's baptism if we didn't yet know the Lord. And so here's the, uh, here's the order. You come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior first. Everybody today at Coastline that's been baptized, before they ever stepped in that water, they had already become a Christian. Already they'd become a Christian. Baptism does not save is what I'm saying, and we've emphasized this. I think of this man who asked to be baptized in Acts chapter 8. Philip said to him in response, he said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I love that statement. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ, and that word Christ is the word Christos, the Messiah. He was saying, I believe that the Messiah I've been reading about in the Old Testament is indeed God the Son, that he paid for my sin on the cross and that when he was buried he didn't stay there he rose again all of that is included in this confession of faith he said i believe that jesus christ is the son of god and philip here was emphasizing that before someone can be baptized they must be a follower of christ that's what being saved is all about We have to be saved from the penalty of our sin, and we're all sinners. And we have to be saved unto a relationship with God. And the Bible tells us in Romans 10 and verse 13 that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Saved. Saved from the penalty of our sins. Saved to a relationship with God. You see, there's often an order or a process in growth. Now, there's no perfect parallel of spiritual growth, but spiritually, 
we know there's a process, and physically we understand that as well. I mean, a baby's got to learn how to sit on the floor without falling over before it can start crawling. You have to sit before you crawl, and, and you know, you have to learn how to crawl a little bit before you stand up and start toddling around, and once you start toddling around, you've got to practice that a little bit before you start running. There's just a natural process here. There's a sequence, and again, not a perfect analogy, but I want you to know that when it comes to spiritual growth, here's what it is. We respond to the truth of the gospel message, and we of our own choosing god is drawing us he's calling us and in response to that we accept his free gift of eternal life and we become christians at that moment when we accept that which jesus has done as our own and 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 we receive him and that's that's where it begins and the very first step in the life of a believer is to follow the lord in believers baptism that's the that's the order you see you need to know the lord before you can grow in the lord and sometimes the hindrance is that we don't Uh, We come to the place, rather, where we want to understand the end of a thing before we begin. And some of you, this is your hang-up. You're like, no, you don't understand. I have to understand everything about Christianity and the Christian life before I I accept. And I want you to know, if you had that mindset in any other subject in school, would you ever have learned anything? No, because there's got to be a starting point and a growth process. And, And in the Christian life, it all begins when we say, God, I understand I'm a sinner. Not hard for me to figure out. And I believe you're a God. And I believe that Jesus died for me. And and it begins there. And it moves. You see, doubts are often a part of it. We'll deal with that more in the next study. We're going to be on this thought of core for some time. But but when we struggle with a part to the point that we neglect to do what we know, progress will stop. When we want to wrestle over just this this matter of understanding all of it to the neglect of doing what I know to do in this moment, you're never going to move ahead. Let me give you an example. I remember when my wife Lisa and I moved to this area to start this church, we didn't know any of you. In fact, we didn't know anybody. It's a story in and of itself what even brought us to this area, but we, we believe the Lord wanted us to come to this area and, and try to start the church, and we didn't know anybody. And, and uh, Now listen, when God began to do that work that he wanted us to come, again, that's a great story. I'll tell it maybe another time if you haven't heard it already. Uh, imagine if I would say, well, God, I, I need to know what's our, what's our 10th anniversary going to look like? What's the 15th anniversary of our church family going to look like? Uh, God, I need to know what's our fifth and eighth and and 42nd Sunday is going to look like. And I I could have imagined all those things. But, you know, God was saying, listen, I'm calling you there to do the work that will lead to starting a church. And I was pretty sure at some point we'd have to have an opening service. I had no idea what that service would hold. But imagine if I had the mindset that says, God, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do until I know exactly how it's going to end up on the back end of the thing. And God says, you know, that's not at all how it works. You just need to take a step I've put in front of you to take today. This man in Acts 8 is a great example of that. You see, he knew Jesus, and then he was baptized. He was certain of that. He said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and he was a believer. Now, what can hinder you today? The same thing that can hinder me today. My pride, and my pride's as ugly as yours, and yours is as ugly as mine. Those times where God says, this is what I want you to do, and we think, but I don't want to, or how that may make me look in the eyes of others. Pride can be a hindrance. Our past can be a hindrance. Sometimes it's a failure in your past, and some people, they had a big success in life, and their life never went any further. It was their success that that served as an anchor. But but our past can really, really be a hindrance to our growth in the future, and sometimes it's this matter of process. We just, we we don't understand exactly how it all fits together, and that we've got to start in a relationship with God by faith, and, and then we grow as we obey that which God has given us to do. You see, we're learning from this man in our study that our past does not determine determine our future we can make decisions today that will affect us positively for the rest of our lives 
Now, we've applied this generally in our study today. What we've talked about this morning, it applies to every one of us in this room. We understand that. But if you're a Christian here today, the basic context of this passage deals with baptism. And if you're here this morning and you've been saved and you've never been baptized since that time, the Bible makes it crystal clear. Today's the day. Today's the day. We've never had a service like the service we're having today. Never. I've, I've mentioned baptism, and we baptize every week at Coastline. More than every week on average. And uh, yet we've never had a day that we're saying, let's just call this bap- Baptism Sunday, and let's teach on baptism and tell people this is what God says, obey God, and let's see who, who, who responds and who does that. And there are people in this room right now, and you showed up today ready to go, Last week I preached on it, and you checked on the core card, I want to be baptized, and we've been in, uh, on, on uh, the phone and, and, and emailing and making visits this week to try to help people understand what it is to, to follow the Lord in that way. And, and some are here today, and they're, they're ready to go, and I'm grateful for that. Don't let anything hinder you. Don't let anything hinder you. Let me tell you something about Jesus. He deserves our obedience. Jesus in John 14, 15 said this, if you love me, keep my commandments. It was very simple. Keep my commandments. Now, maybe you're here today and you know you need to be baptized, but honestly, in your heart, if confronted with this matter of salvation, you know in your heart, I'm not absolutely certain if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven. And so where does that leave you? Let me tell you where it leaves you. It leaves you in the same place the people were on the very first Sunday that the church ever officially got its kickoff. They called it Pentecost Sunday. The Bible says in Acts 2 and verse 41 that those that gladly received the word, they were baptized that day and maybe you're here today and in your heart what i'm saying you know it's true it's resonating in your heart and you know that what you need to do today is just stop fighting it and just confess lord i believe in you i do know i'm a sinner and i'm accepting you and today if you're here and you're not saved i want you to know there are going to be people in the front that would uh, love to help you there are people that love god and care for you and they'd love to open the bible and share with you what it is god says and you can accept jesus this morning as your personal savior and follow him in believers baptism even right now if that's your heart's desire Listen, there's something for all of us to do. Now, there are some of you that are here, you did not think of baptism until this morning when I said the word. But right now you're thinking, I should probably do that, and you're also thinking this. Oh, but maybe I shouldn't. And you have a lot of good reasons. Because you're going to get wet, and your hair's going to get wet, and it's embarrassing. And Why don't you tell the devil to go right back to where he came from? Because I don't think anything should hinder us from following God's will. And, and maybe you're here today and, and in your heart you're thinking, I should, but I just, you know, I wasn't ready. I didn't come prepared. Let me tell you something. Everyone that, that comes today, we've done our best to think of everything you could possibly need. We thought of things you may not need. I mean, we've got, uh, for everyone that comes, we've got uh, flip-flops. I'm not sure what you need for those, but uh, they're yours and you're free to take them if you'd like. And, and everyone that comes back there is going to get a, a great shirt and you've got an opportunity to wear that as your baptized we've got an opportunity for you to put on these shorts we got for you and so we've we thought of that we have uh, different size plastic bags to put your your wet stuff in you got to think of that and this one's for uh, jewelry or personal items i guess it says and and we've got something to rub makeup off i guess if your mascara ladies it runs or something i'm not sure and 
And uh, we've got uh, little tiny deodorants if you need that. We thought of that, all right? We thought of stuff, frankly, that, that uh, I don't know that you'd need. I mean, we got different size combs back there and lotion and rubber bands for your hair, mostly girls, I think. But guys, maybe if you need it, there you go. And, and we've got these things that a lot of times, you know, you put on ponytails and stuff there. Listen, here's what I'm saying. There's just no good reason to not do what God wants you to do. What would hinder you today? Don't let anything hinder you. Because in your heart, you know if what I'm saying is directly for you. Now, I don't know a good way to end this service. I've done my best to teach last week on what baptism is, to go over it today. And I've done my best to be, I mean, I don't want to step over the edge. I don't want to be uh, uh, overly aggressive. But I want to be as obvious as possible. This is God's desire for people of faith. And if you've been saved and not yet baptized, today's the day. Not next week, not sometime. Today's the day. If you're here and you're not yet a Christian, today's the day. Accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you choose to do so, follow Him in believer's baptism today. Don't walk out this building the same way you walked in. Let God lead you to that next place. What would hinder you? Now, how do you end a service like this? Let's all stand together. A few weeks ago, you'll remember I, I told you about some divers Lisa and I saw in Hawaii. They weren't professional divers. I think they were from Minnesota, judging by how white they were, okay? They stood at the top of the waterfall, and it was beautiful. And as they stood there, they looked over the edge, and they were interested. And they looked over the edge, and they imagined, what would it be like if I actually jumped off this waterfall and jumped into the, uh, the cool, refreshing waters below? And they imagined what that was like, and they kind of dared one another. And they stood around, and they looked over the edge, and they were all very, very interested until their feet left that rock. And they went from interested to committed. And most Christians spend their lives just interested. I wonder what it would be like if I really lived for God, if I, if I did the things He told me to do, if I, if I yielded my life to Him. And this begins with believer's baptism. And, and, and what, a, what a shame it is to think we'd live our life up here when God says, there's some great things waiting on you. Why don't you move from interested to committed? Why don't you take the plunge? And listen, if I'm talking your language today, you know it. Don't say no to God. I'll never know it, but you will in your heart. And, and today, we're going to end this service. I, I can't think of a better way to do it. I'm just going to count to three. And if you're here today and you're ready to go already, and I see some of you that are, when I get to three, don't wait, don't pass go, don't collect $200, make your way to the aisle, and make your way over to this side of the auditorium. And if you're here today and you didn't think of baptism till I preached on it in your heart, you're thinking, this is what I need to do, do it. Today's the day. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, it's time to move. If you need to be baptized, you move. If you're here today and you need to be saved, there are going to be people in the front who want to talk with you and help you. If you're here and there's a spiritual decision in need of being made, make that decision. As I said, there will be counselors in the front. Don't leave today the same way you walked in. It just doesn't have to be that way. If you want to respond to the leading of God today, when I get to three, it's time. Ready? One, two, three. You come. Right now, you come. Now's the time. I Today is the day. I decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Let's sing that chorus one more time. 
I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. We're going to continue singing. But let's be seated here just for a moment as we're preparing for the baptism. Let's sing this little part of the chorus. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, and the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Everything, all I am and all I have to bring, I will give to you my life has a story and every convert to faith in Jesus Christ has a testimony and I, I want to share as we begin today that everyone baptized this morning all those who've been baptized already today those yet to be baptized they all have have answered the question you know for sure if you were to die today you'd spend eternity in heaven they've all answered that question yes because of faith in Jesus Christ and I want to reiterate there's no saving value in baptism but it's the first step in the life of a believer, and all of them are saying just that. I want to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and with all those others who believe the same way. And so today, although I won't tell the story of each one, the story is very, very similar. They came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they're stating today without saying a word, I want to live for Him. I want to follow Him. So Brandon, upon profession of your faith, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of His death, Raised to walk in newness of life. Though no one join me, I still will follow. Though no one join me, I still will follow. Though no one join me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back.
Jesus loves me. Sing it with me, guys. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Let's sing that one more time. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, they are weak, but He is strong. Isn't God good? And everybody baptized today was somebody's son or daughter or brother or sister or uncle or aunt. All of them children of God. And every decision is to be honored by the Lord. Uh, Do you realize just the smaller baptismal number in the middle of our service was about one more than the average church in the United States of America will see all of this year? And I say that not for comparative reasons, But to point this out, when God does something special in our midst, there ought to be something in our heart that says, praise God, this is wonderful. And I am so grateful for what the Lord is doing here, and I want to keep it moving, keep it going ahead. Uh, Liz Jackson was baptized earlier, and and, uh, where's Dave? Oh, right here in the front. You got back already? Very good. And why don't you guys just stand real quick. I'm grateful for uh, this couple. Liz was just baptized, as I said, and Dave's coming today. And they want to unite with the church family by way of membership. And if you're glad about that like I am, say amen. 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 Glad for that. God bless you guys. I'm thankful for your decision. Well, I, I want us to have an opportunity just to pray and thank the Lord. He is good. He's good. Now, you know what I know? There's